It doesn't like more than one number in front of that star. Sorry. <laughs> Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Susan Mann from Portland, Oregon, welcoming you to the TR90 call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which happens to be 6.40 Pacific time. If you're mountain time, it's 7.40. If you're central time, it's 8.40. And if you're eastern time, it is 9.40. Thrilled to have you along with us. We are truly thankful and blessed to have you with us. And if you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts by putting in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and either TR90 or Solutions, the digit for anti-aging. And we would be thrilled to have you with us. If you are... Listening to this, and it is a podcast, you can pick us up live at 712-775-8972. And when it prompts for the code, put in 910022. And again, we are thrilled to have you with us. And as I said, I am Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. Welcome you to this TR90 support call. And when you're first starting out with that TR90 program, that is that one really good clean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals, 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week, staying hydrated, the current thinking is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if, for instance, you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking 50 ounces of water daily. And if you're not, start with wherever you are and slowly build up to getting your hydration level up to where it needs to be. Hydration is really key. It um, can help stave off headaches. It can, uh, it does a multitude of things, clears out toxins. So that drinking that water is really, really good for you. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every day is what you should be eating. And the closer you get them to their natural source, the better off. And that gives you macronutrients, micronutrients, and fiber. Guys should be getting about 45 grams of fiber daily. Us ladies should be getting about 32 grams of fiber daily, which is really keeping to de- keeping your digestive health and tract in good, healthy order. And you should be getting seven to nuts. Oh, excuse me. Had a hiccup right in the middle of that. You should be getting seven to nine um, hours of good quality sleep a night. The sleep actually helps you um, do a whole bunch of body system resets while you're sleeping, including storing memories, recent memories, and um, clearing out toxins. And just there's a whole bunch of things that happen while you get good quality sleep. And when you get that, then you're able to make really good decisions for the following day, which is really important because, you know, staying on the TR90 program really does involve getting good quality sleep. Taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal is optimum. If you're not able to do that, do take the supplements with your meal. It just means that they won't be quite as effective as they would have been if you could have taken them ahead of time. They won't work quite as synergistically as they opt- optimally could. 
So with that being said, I am always looking for information to share with us that has um, either talks about the science behind why we are doing the TR90 program or um, the various different parts of it, why some of the things that are in it are in it, because our scientists are geniuses, so that's all I can say. So I'm sharing some information today out of a book that's called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, MSL. And um, with that being said, I've been sharing some information on some of the reasons why there are different seats of blame at the table of um, at, at the table. So we started out. We had the gluttons and the sloths. We had the insurance industry. We've had the medical profession, the obesity profiteers, and today we are starting with the fat act- activists, and we're going to probably get into the commercial food industry and than the, probably the federal government, and we'll see where we end up today. So with that being said, there is nothing socially or medically wrong with being fit and fat. You're doing better than people out there who are thin and sedentary. But there is something medically wrong with being fat and sick, especially if you're suffering metabolically, which 80% of obese people are. If you fall into this category, you are costing society money in caring for your metabolic illnesses, reducing productivity and clogging up and bringing down the healthcare system, not to mention digging yourself an early grave. The vocal proponents for the political and social rights of the obese, primarily the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance, or NAASA, say being fat is a badge of honor. Being fit and fat, be fit and fat, be fat and proud. No victimization here. And Dr. Lustig agrees. But the NAASA also tries to stop academic research because Why would you want to investigate a condition that is totally normal? For example, they sit on the board of the San Francisco Unified School District where it prevents obesity research from being conducted within the city's schools. Why? They don't think attention should be paid to how much kids weigh. This is puzzling to Dr. Lustig. There is something highly paradoxical about enabling your child to be fat and sick. The majority of obese kids will be diabetic and cardiac cripples by the time they're 50. The science and the research that the NAAFA seeks to block are critical to studying this epidemic and determining what we can do about it. It's my job as a pediatrician, and this is Dr. Lustig speaking, to protect these kids from such misguided thinking. So the next seat at our table is the commercial food industry. 
commercial food industry responds to the obesity pandemic with two mantras. The first is everyone is responsible for whatever goes into his or her mouth. This is true. What goes into our mouths depends on two things, selectivity and access. Second, any food can be part of a balanced diet. True, but irrelevant because thanks to the food industry, we don't have a balanced diet and they're the ones that unbalanced it. They are a major instigator of the obesity pandemic through both their actions and the kind of rhetoric they use to justify those actions. Corporations repeatedly say one thing and yet do another. McDonald's is now advertising a healthier menu with commercials featuring slim people in exercise clothing, eating salads. However, the vast majority of people entering McDonald's, even if they come in with the idea of eating a salad, instead order a Big Mac and fries. The McDonald's, and McDonald's is well aware of this. Its bill, recent billboard campaign, Crafted for Your Cravings, says it all. You need to know. Carl's Jr., promotion of the Western Bacon $6 Burger, which has a whopping 1,030 calories and 55 grams of fat, generally depicts fit and attractive people consuming the company's fare with relish. Do you really think they will conti- would continue to be thin if they ate this on a regular basis? Food has become a commodity with foodstuffs that can be stored being traded on the various commodities exchanges. Speculators can corner the market on anything from pork bellies to orange juice by betting how much the price will rise and fall. And it's because individual foods are treated as commodities that the downstream effects of changes that changes the food supply. And subsequently, Food prices are being felt worldwide. Cheap food means political stability. There is an imperative to keep the food highly available and the prices as low as possible. Everyone is for cheap food, and the United States spends 7% of its gross domestic product, or the GDP, on food, which allows the populace to buy more DVDs and iPads and take more vacations, but cheaper food loaded with preservatives for longer shelf life costs you on the tail end and way more than all of your gadgets and vacations put together with interest. The seventh seat at our table is the federal government. Our government is extraordinarily conflicted about where it should stand on the obesity pandemic. In 2003, the former U.S. Surgeon General Richard Carmona stated that obesity was an issue of national security, a stance that the current Surgeon General Regina Benjamin has upheld despite the fact that she herself is obese and is one of the six U- uh, is one of the U.S. Army's and is one to which the U.S. Army has signed on to. The public health branches of the government tell us that we eat too much and exercise too little. 
Mrs. Obama's Let's Move campaign centers on the idea that childhood obesity can be battled by planting school vegetable gardens, encouraging kids to get out and exercise, and remaking the School Nutrition Act. All necessary, but not sufficient. The U.S. government does anything it can to keep food cheap. The USDA has chosen not to accept any responsibility for its roles in the obesity pandemic, continuing to market our Western diet around the world. The Farm Bill maintains food subsidies to keep farmers employed and growing more crops. The growers make their profits on volume. The food processors make big markups and pass them along to the consumer. And the USDA subsidizes food entitlement programs to the poor, such as the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, known as SNAP, S-N-A-P, formerly known as food stamps. And the Women, Infants, and Children Nutrition Program, or the WIC program, which is W-I-C, which supplies low-income infants and their mothers with food and health care to keep them alive and complacent. Until 2007, WIC bowed to the pressure of food lobbyists. The foodstuffs provided were largely unhealthy and included white bread and high-sugar juices. The food pyramid that the federal, government, the federal nutrition guideline released in 1974 and revised every five years, culminating with my pyramid in 2005, has, was never based on science. Indeed, it was top and bottom heavy, hardly a pyramid. In response to calls for revision from many of the medical community, the food pyramid was deep sixed in 2011. My pyramid, uh, my pyramid is has now morphed into my plate, and the most recent guidance from the Dietary Guidelines and Advisory Committee, released in 2010, says that obesity is a problem. Shocker, and so we should all eat less fat, sugar, and salt. We're all supposed to eat more fruits and vegetables and less of everything else. This is stating the obvious. Don't we already know this? Eat less? How much? If we could eat less, there wouldn't be an obesity pandemic. But we can't. Each of the stakeholders in the obesity pandemic is singing the same tune. Your obesity is your personal responsibility. It's your fault and you've failed. All of these accusations are a variation on a theme based on the one unflappable dogma. A calorie is a calorie. Calories don't count if... hmm, The clues are all around us. And that's what that's really what's really happened. It's time to look at where those extra calories went because it is in this these data that we find the answer to the obesity dilemma. There are three problems with a calorie is a calorie. 
And I think I'm going to stop there and pick this up on Thursday so that we can really get into the nuts and bolts of that at the top of the hour, which is in about two minutes, if you scoot over to Facebook, One Team Global Live. One of our wonderful business partners will be sharing information on how to build a new skin business. With that being said, I'm going to wish you all a great day and take us off mute so we can say goodbye to each other. And we will have Frank up tomorrow. I'll be up on Thursday. And we have Victoria coming with a meditation on Friday to get our weekend off to a fabulous start. Have a great day, everyone. Well, there we are, my friends. Seven seats at the table, and all of them are fighting to make sure that we don't lose our weight. So bad. I know. And that you know, and that's part of the reason why, you know, the science is out there. It's just that it gets buried under all the politics and various groups everybody lobbying to say, No, it should be this way, no, it should be that way, but it's still your fault. <laughs> People wanna make money and they are using us or using people. I'm not one of the heavy ones, but they're taking advantage. This is true. This is true. And that's why, you know, when I say this TR90 uh, program is a lifestyle change, it really, truly is. It is. It's not something you do once and you're over and done with. This is something to really get you on the right track going forward and staying going forward. So we can do what we can do and hope for the best. All righty. Okay, well, you have a great day. Go back to sleep, catch up, and feel better. (laughs) Well, I plan to do that. I think I got... I hope to get the rest of my sleep caught up yet today so that I'm really on par for where I should be going forward for the rest of the week. (laughs) But if not, we'll do our best. (laughs) Okay. Talk to to you tomorrow. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.